So my clock says I got 30 minutes, but the clock says I have 25 minutes. How many of you guys think I can end the sermon on time today? <laughs> Tom, I heard you. That was a mocking laugh. That was even, that was like a ha-ha. That was a ha-ha. That's what that was. All right. I'm wasting time. All right. Here we go. Uh, open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 15. We're going to really dig into this last portion of this three-week series um, body, soul, and spirit. And we really haven't talked much about our body, soul, and spirit. We've really talked more about what it is God wants us to do. This is, this, this is such an anti-New Year's resolution message. In the end, we hope for changed behavior, but not because we tried harder in 2019 than we were able to try in 2018. How many of you guys, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys have ever, ever broken a New Year's resolution? Can I see your hand? Another, another question. How many of you guys have ever lied in church? If you didn't raise your hand, raise your hand. It, it is our nature to want something different and yet not know how to attain it. And I'm telling you something, the missing pieces of our lives are not found in the latest, you know, podcasts and the self-helps. I, I, I appreciate the podcasts and the self-helps. And there's reasons why we don't reach for certain things that maybe a counselor could help us with or a, a life coach could motivate us towards. Well, understand this, guys. In the end, whatever we accomplish without Jesus is not rewarded. I, I don't want to do great things in the name of Jim Wiegand. Some, now you can laugh, Tom. It's... I want to do things in the name of Jesus. I want to do impossible things that people point at me and say, there's no way that kid pulled that off. There's no way that old man made that work. There's, depending on how old they are that observed it. There's no way. The only reason, the only excuse, the only person I can blame for the glory of God is God himself. And so today, I'm telling you, we're here wrapping up these three weeks, and what we're focusing on really is this, it's 2019. We talked about how our past will try to dictate our future. So we focused on the mercies of God, new mercies. Everybody say new mercies. Not just merciful God, new mercies. There, there's a difference. God is merciful, yes? But every morning, and again, the sun rose in the east again today, and what that is is God declaring to this hemisphere, it's all fresh, it's all new. So when we look at 2019, please don't look at 2018, 17, 16. It's the, it's the IRS's job to look behind. It's your idea. It's to look forward by being audited again this Friday. So I just on my mind, pray for deliverance of the demon of numbers. Anyway. New mercies, fresh starts, new beginnings. Guys, God created it, God sustains it, God applauds it, God extends it. It's our job to receive it. Then secondly, we talked about the Holy Spirit, how really what's missing is not a, a stronger will or a more motivated heart or more accountability, even though there's nothing wrong with those things. Often the power that's missing is not man's power at all. It's God's power. It's not by might sometimes. It's not by, by power sometimes. Sometimes things only happen by the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit living inside of us, living, breathing God inside of us, leading us to things, getting us through things, sustaining us through things. Uh, the access that we have to God himself personally through his spirit and his written word is astounding. If you think about what people had 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago or two or 3,000 years ago, what they knew about God and God's access to man and man's access to God, it has all changed. We are literally a generation without excuse. If anybody's got a chance, well, but it's so sinful today. It's so, it's so hard today. There's so much temptation today. Yeah, but where sin abounds, guess what? Grace that much more. It's like, oh, it's too much sin? Well, never mind. Don't worry about not murdering each other. You can murder each other now. Don't worry about lusting and greed and lying. It's, it's, it's really hard now. Listen, wherever, wherever the devil comes in like a flood, God comes in like a flooder. How many of you guys know that's a, in, or, in honor of, of George Bush? I invented a word right there. All right? So remember. <laughs> New mercies of the Holy Spirit today. Let's get into John chapter 15. And, and we're going to try to collect 
um, points from a rich portion of Scripture. Collecting three points from this portion of Scripture, um, it's like pulling three things off a buffet that extends from here to there. This, this portion of Scripture, Jesus speaking, is one of the richest insights into how to live your life. And so I, I want us to read it together. Jesus says this, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He's creating a picture. Uh, there, there's life that comes through me to you. Connected to me, good things. Disconnected from me, bad things. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. What kind of fruit? Like, like not a little bit, like you'll be fruity. You know what I mean? Apart from me, nada. If you do not remain in me, you're like that branch that's, that's it's cut off, it's thrown away, it withers, because what gave it life has been disconnected. Such branches are picked up, they're thrown out of the fire, and they're burned. Gee, I wonder what he's talking about. Doesn't take much of a theologian there, right? If you remain in me, in my words, remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Verse 7, it's beautiful. And it will be done for you. Now, this is to my Father's glory. It's like, well, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. No, when, when you see what God wants for you and you contend in the Spirit for that and God blesses you with that, God's not exhausted, He's exalted. Ooh, that's a Twitter feed right there. That's, a, that's, a, that's tweetable, right? This is to my Father's glory, that you bear a whole bunch of fruit, showing yourselves to be actually people that are connected to me in, in a relationship of being my disciples. As the Father loved me, guess what, guys? I love you too. Now stay in that. Remain. There's that word remain again. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, it's a piece of cake. You'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. <clears throat> There's three words that are repeated, or three thoughts that are, that are just systemic through this entire discourse I want to share them with you. Number one is this, remain. If my word remains in you, remain in me, remain in my love. Did you guys see that? The word remain is, is up there half a dozen times. Remain. There's, there's something about remaining in Christ. We're going to get into. There's this thing required. You, you must obey my word. My, if my word saves you, if you stay in me, if the branch is in the vine, vine is in the branch, if, if, if. There's things that are required. Um, and, and then request. Ask whatever you wish. Now, these three things make up the premise of, of really a covenant understanding of what is available to you as God's child. Are you still here? There, there is these three elements, if applied consistently, regularly, if we remain in these, if we, if we walk in the requirements of our God, which are almost completely relational, they're, they're not self-discipline, they're fruit of love. I, I, don't, I don't not cheat on my wife because she has a better lawyer or a bigger rolling pin or she's a better shot. I don't cheat on my wife because it's a relationship that compels me to stay faithful. Does that make sense? So in the same way, these requirements are not legal, they're relational. And this last thing is, is the request. Like, we are allowed to ask for wonderfully stupid, crazy, beautiful stuff. And God says, the more you ask for, the more you position yourself for, the more I get to bless you, the more you get to reveal who I am to other people that say, you know, that's not fair, God doesn't do good things. Well, that doesn't make sense, because look at his life. Look at her life. Look at their life. They're blessed, and every time we say, how do you do this, they point up, not in. So God wants us, part of our testimony is the overwhelming blessings of God that flow out of relationship as we remain in Christ. So let's, let's go through this. How is this going to be the key to your 2019? Number one, we must remain. Everybody say remain. We've got to remain in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. 2019, if there's anything you can accomplish, anything that needs to be on the top of your every to-do list, every to-done list, every good to someday going to do list. It's on your refrigerator, it's on your dashboard, it's on slow-moving pets. 
It, it's on the side of the fish tank when you feed it. It's anything you do daily. I want you to somehow put a reminder. It can be a gold star. It can be a thumbprint. It can be a picture of your kids. Whatever it is, it reminds you to ask the question, am I remaining in his presence right now? Let me you know, you can do dishes with Jesus. Some dishes I've done, I needed Jesus to get through the pile. You can discipline your kids with Jesus. You can sit and add the numbers that account your company's money that you work for with Jesus. You can drive to work in rush hour traffic. You better have Jesus. Right? The presence of God cultivating that. Jesus says, I'm the vine. John chapter 15, verse 5. Now, a, a better prayer. I'm going to teach you a better prayer than, than Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come here. Jesus, I, I need your hands. Jesus, I need your, your, your heart. Jesus, I, like, Instead of saying come, what if in 2019 our prayer was, wasn't come, it was stay? What, what, if, what if our prayer, like what if in worship we feel the presence of God and instead of going, oh, that was, wasn't that great? High five, let's go to Denny and eat too many pancakes. What if, what if as we walked out of here, we purposed to take the presence of God with us? What if we cultivated the tangible presence of God in 2019? What if the question that was continually on our heart was, can I feel him? Is he here? Do I know him? Am I connected? He is divine. We is the branch. There's two prayers, but they sound the same, but they're completely different. It's, I need you. And sometimes what I need you means is I need your miracle. I need your stuff. I need your provision. I, I need your touch. I need your healing. I need your love. And I don't think God begrudges anything, but what if, what if I need your stuff became the other prayer, which is the same words, I need you, but really what it means is I need you. Because when you show up, you bring your stuff. When you show up, you bring your provision. When you show up, you bring your healing. What if, what if 2019, what if when we're thinking about a donut or not a donut, the Holy Spirit was there with us and we considered him better than the donut that we're about to eat? What if God gave you the grace to eat broccoli in 2019? What if managing the finances of your home was different because you, you looked at numbers with your provider and not just red and black letters and numbers? What if in your marriage, instead of saying, I want a better marriage in 2019, you walked into to your bedroom, you walked into your living room, you walked into the, the contentious places and the glorious places of your marriage, and you did it with the presence of God on you and in you and through you. What I'm saying is this, guys. All the self-help and all the three steps and all the, the 18 pillars of it, it's wonderful. But I'm telling you right here and now, life change doesn't happen without the life-giving Holy Spirit inside of you. And having that that interaction. I need you. I need this, but I prefer you. <laughs> I'll take you because you bring this, but I want you more than this. If I have to choose between you and this, I take you and I choose you. Everything flows from this. The second thing I see is this. We must do what's required. Everybody say required. Again, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've got to do what's, what's required. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, if. John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you remain in my love. If Jesus adds to the thought of remaining, the thought of doing what's required, just as part of a healthy relationship. Again, you are not a dog and pony in a show to glorify the ringmaster. Your sons and daughters, that when you act like him, bless him in a way you'll never know this side of heaven. When my grandson giggles and, and imitates what I'm doing, and I, I, I have this wonderful moment, I, I just to share it with you would be to cheapen it, and yet I have no choice. 
When my dog goes outside, I call her to come back in because she's a bulldog. She's always hot and outside is cold. So I grab my, my almost one-year-old grandson. We let her outside. For some reason, that's horribly entertaining to him. He's just, oh, like a fat thing walking around the yard. Oh, she's squatting. Like, to me, it's like, Ugh. But to Howell's, it's like, ah, you know. So, well, then I'll call her. I'll say, Charlie. And this is what Howell's does. <laughs> I thought. So I did it again. Charlie. He went. I thought, see? Let me try it again. Charlie. Now, he doesn't know the word Charlie, but isn't it fun? And because of relationship, what, what, what someone is doing, the student imitates. It's the monkey see, Hollis do stage of life. I'm telling you, nothing blesses me in, in, like the connection. The other day I had this book. I wish I could show everybody on my phone. I've showed just about everybody on my phone. But I made him laugh the other day. I, I went to like close a book, and I, I did it kind of like, and it was slipping, and it smacked, and it smacked. And he just started, <laughs> I went, so what am I going to do? Open the book back up again, slapping it hard. And he, <laughs> slap. 20 minutes, I'm slapping a book, and he's crying. He's laughing so hard. Phlegm. I didn't know babies had phlegm. Phlegm is coming out. He's choking up socks that he lost, you know, six months ago. And we're both having a great time. And what, it's just, I'm, we're connecting. Let me tell you something, guys. God is relational. And he loves it when he says something and you do a pathetic imitation of him, even though it was poor, even though it didn't sound like Charlie. The fact that you're trying to imitate blesses the heart of God. When he makes you laugh, when he connects with you and makes your, makes your eyes close and makes your, makes your spirit bow in reverence, when he, he makes you stand in awe, when tears come down your face because of how beautiful he is, don't kid yourself. God's not ignoring that moment. God created you for that moment. Walking, and we walk in this required, ongoing relationship. Look, look at this. This is so much more than doing the do's and not doing the don'ts. Jesus says this, because if you obey my word. Sometimes we, you know, obey in word. No, no. My is, is the operative word in that sense. It's not obey or word. I know those are important words in that sense. If you obey my word. It's, but my is the thing that brings the relationship. It's not obedience or death. That's the Ten Commandments. This is Jesus. It's my word. I'm speaking. You are listening, and when you say, ah, because I said, Charlie, there's something about, if you stay in that relationship where you hear what I'm saying, not just what I've said, which is beautiful and powerful and bedrock, but what I'm saying to you, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, continual tense, from the mouth of God. We can still hear his voice, Right? You know, everyone has an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is more than do's and don'ts. This is, you know, remain in me. This is my word and my commandment. And uh, as God breathes on promises, I want you guys to form a new habit. And that habit is writing down what God says to you. I think one of the greatest things you could do to really make 2019 something other than 20 behind us would, would be that thought of, I think God spoke to me and I'm writing it down. It's funny how I can stand on a, a promised word, you know, do this and you and your household shall be saved or, you know, give and it shall be given to you. And I, I mean, I understand those principles. Outside of relationship, it's still mathematical, but I, I, I like it when I feel like God spoke to me. Do you guys realize God spoke to me about you? Like 24 years ago. I'm walking around. I'm a kid. I'm 29 years old. I'm walking around a park, parking lot in Prescott, Arizona, you know, God's holy city. And I'm enjoying my life. I'm getting ready for a phone interview with the, the pulpit committee of this church. And, and I just, you know, my prayer was, was deep and, and personal and, and integral and biblical. I said, God, please don't let me screw this up. That was my prayer. 
I don't want to look stupid. I've never been on an interview before with a board, you know, senior pastoring. I don't know what kind of questions they ask senior pastors. Do I have to know what my political stand is, what my views are? Or are they going to ask me my finances about, you know, what's your, could you preach us a sermon right now? Would you sing to us? I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, right? And so I'm just, I'm just, God, please don't look stupid. I just don't, I just get me through this. God, I'm so tired of having diarrhea. I just, would you please give me peace? I'm just, hey, you want in my prayer life, you got to hear the whole thing, all right? It was a, it was a moving prayer, I promise you. And I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes my jokes just run away with the sermon. But I, I, I'm back in the flow. Never mind. What I'm trying to say is this. I, it's still terrible. But literally, God, don't let me mess this up. And what was so funny was in the middle of that prayer about don't let me look stupid began a sermon. And that sermon was about a church and a place that had a heart for a city that would reach out. I mean, Dina talked about this morning, this, this whole thought of, you know, the, the teacher's offering has been fun and the kids' Christmas. I understand that all that started 24 years ago in a parking lot when God spoke a promise. Are you here? Guys, let me tell you something. I could have walked away from that going, well, it just well, it was a weird thing. I started preaching to people that weren't there. I started talking about a church that didn't exist, I'd never been to. Well, yeah. but, but I didn't. It became a part of me because I wrote it down. I talked about it. I thought about it. I discussed it with my friends. I just feel that God's put something on my heart. Listen, when God puts something on your heart, don't keep it a secret. Be careful who you share it with, but don't keep it a secret. Write it down. Pray it over. Work it through. Sometimes God's promises take 40 years to come to pass. Sometimes God's promises to one generation aren't fulfilled until their son's generations or their daughter's generations. But we cannot discount the promises of God. This is required of us. We must remain. We must do what's required. And the third thing, we must request what we need to advance God's kingdom. Knowing that he's not like, oh, gee, Jim again? I just, I just gave you mercy yesterday. You're back again today? Like, he, know, he knew when he started this covenant, it was going to be in some ways very one-sided. And, and my, my draw near to him versus his draw near to me, it's completely off balance. If you weigh what you put into this versus what God put into this, it'll always be off balance. But isn't it funny how God takes my intentions, my, my desires, how God takes these things and, and makes them so much more important than more powerful, I guess, than they really are in, in this life he does in the next. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, this is what you got to do. Ask. Say it with me. Come on. We got to. And, and say, okay, what, what, do I, what do I ask for? Because I want to be very careful. I don't exceed the boundaries of what I'm allowed. I don't want to you know, put in a request form for something I'm not qualified. I don't want to be disappointed by him saying, having to say no to me. Listen, this is what it says. I'm, I'm reading the words of Jesus. You guys still here? If you remain in me, my words remain in you, ask. Here we go. Here's, the cat. Here's what qualifies. You ready? Whatever you wish. I'm just quoting Jesus, but you're awfully quiet. What are we allowed to ask for? Whatever you wish. But what if I ask another, and it will be done for you. That's interesting. Then he says, don't worry about tiring out my father. This is for his glory that you bear a lot of fruit. So this is not, you know, necessarily the the new car. Tell him he's one, Bob, a new car, right? This isn't a game show. But as your father wants his glory to be known, it must be revealed, and he's chosen you to be that which reveals his glory. So we're allowed to ask for really crazy stuff, like $10,000 to bless kids for Christmas, and you guys bring up, how much was it, babe? I didn't, I didn't hear, J.D. was talking to me. So 19000 ish Yeah, that's good. That's good. Mrs. Mossman, did you start that clap? Okay, she's the beginning of all things applause. I love that about her, right? So look at this. Some, some people really struggle with this part about asking, and, and, I, and I get it because as orphans, we had to take care of ourselves. We had to provide for ourselves, protect ourselves, had to guard our, our reputation, me, mine, ours, whatever. 
once you become adopted by God, what belongs to the Father now belongs to you. And, and let's take it a step farther because we're not just no longer orphans, but sons and daughters. We go a step farther. Anybody know what the last one is? We're heirs. We did a whole series on this. Was it last summer or summer before? Orphans to heirs. If you haven't heard the teaching, can we make that teaching available again on the website? Can we put it prominently someplace? Ten weeks of, of just talking about what it means to go from fear to peace to being fearless. From lying to truth to prophetic truth. Um, it's, it's, it is so, I know we can't do it every week, but I've, I've taught it probably 30 times since we taught it here last in other places. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I think it's something we all need to hear. Can we just make it a Christmas gift? Can we just put it out there on the internet and download for free? Ho, ho, ho. Good. All right. Good. Um, the other thing, and I, don't, I, I can't confirm this yet, but I hope to have finished uh, my, my first fictional novel by Christmas, and I want to email a copy of it to everybody for free as a Christmas gift from our house to yours. But it's about a little boy named Gray, and I won't get into this. He's an orphan. He's adopted by a king, and the lessons the king teaches him, I think it'll be applicable to your homes and to your life. Sometimes people have time off during Christmas, um, so you get that time to kind of re- relax and read. I want you to focus in a week off, if you will, on 2019 with a fresh new perspective that we are in relationship with God. And then he wants us to ask. He wants us to request. If you remain in me, um, Jesus says, I'll do this stuff for you. Look at Psalms 37. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. Let me just, let me just unpack this. That, that's it. I have three minutes left. You guys good? How many guys give me those three more minutes? Three more minutes left. Three, six, nine, 12. That should be enough. Okay. Don't you love visitors? Isn't that wonderful? I didn't know. Just put your hand down. You know what's neat about that is, is literally, this is, this is exactly what Jesus said only about a thousand years before he said it. Inspired by the same Holy Spirit, David the psalmist writes this, delight yourself in the Lord. And, and what's on your heart is on his heart, and he'll make it come to pass. Well, it's the same thing as if you remain in me, and in my word remains in you, then ask whatever you want. The same dynamic of the Old Testament is the same dynamic of the New Testament because the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. God's not trying to withhold blessings and finding excuses to withhold stuff from us. Literally, I believe God is like waiting on us to position ourselves to a place where his goodness is already flowing. And, and I'm here to tell you guys today that by delighting yourself in the Lord, it's funny how when I delight myself in the Lord, the desires of my heart actually change. How about you? When I'm worshiping, I don't want justice. I want mercy because I'm getting it. When, when I'm feeling blessed by God, it is, it is so weird to want to be stingy towards somebody else when I'm being so blessed by God. Actually, his, his presence changes my perspective on everything. It, you know, he's Jehovah Rapha, right? He's our healer. He's Jehovah Jireh. Uh, you know, he, he's our provider. Um, but he, he's also kind of Jehovah Sneaky. You know what I mean? And that as, as I'm with him, I become like him. And then what I would request of him changes because of proximity to him. So that in the end, what I'm actually asking for is not my will. I'm actually asking for his will to be done. He goes, okay, I'll answer that prayer. Like, that's what you wanted anyway. But isn't that wonderful? Because when you're with him, you actually begin to want what he wants. You see what he sees. You hurt for what he hurts for. You believe for where he bleeds. So here's the question. You ready? What would you ask God for in 2019? Here we are. Maybe some time to write would be good. I walk into a bar and I walk up to the bar where a guy's been sitting there all day long and there's empty shot glasses all over the counter. He's hammered because he's an addict. And I'm not judging, I used to be an addict. And I say to him, I want to give you something. What do you want? How many guys know he knows what he wants? I walk into uh, 
uh, strip club. I sit down next to a guy, and he's been sitting there for four hours watching girls dance on poles. I lean over, I say, what do you want? How many guys know he can answer that question? Hear me. I walk into a church. I ask one of God's kids, what do you want? Can I tell you how often they don't know? They just don't know. They, they usually start by saying, well, I'm, I'm already so blessed. I'm already so okay. I'm just, I'm fine. And I've learned through the years, fine is actually an acronym for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. What do you want? In, in Luke chapter 18, there's this guy who is blind. And he hears that this guy who had healed blind eyes earlier named Jesus, who he's heard through his people walk by. He can't, he can't like walk. He has to be led. But as people are walking by in this public place, he's hearing conversation. And his ears, he keeps hearing the word Jesus and the Jesus. And, and, he, and he healed a blind man. He did what? And it, so he's listening now. And someone goes, hey, matter of fact, here he is. Here comes Jesus. And this, this man, we don't know his name. Uh, some say he's Bartimaeus. Some say he's, you know, we're not sure if it's one story or three stories when it comes to blind people being healed. It was so common. Jesus healed so many blind eyes, you know. And, uh, and he just starts screaming. There's Jesus. He goes, yeah, where? Where's he? He's coming. He's coming. He's going to walk right past you. He starts screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, he, and he's so loud. People are like, hey, what's wrong with that guy? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Say, hey, be quiet. The master's passing by. There's a, there's a, a healer walking. There's a, there's a, he, our town looks stupid because you're, don't be such a beggar. Don't be such a baby. You were born this way. Your mama probably sinned. Your daddy probably slapped his, your grandma. Whatever it is, you're being punished for something. You are under condemnation. You were born blind. You're a cursed man. Now just sit in your curse and be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus goes, wait, stop, stop. Get him and bring him here. So they, they bring him over. Now this is the question Jesus asked. You ready? He, now help me out. Let's think this through. He was born how? And he cannot. And he's heard that Jesus has been healing people that were born. And now he's come by and he screams, Son of David, have. Okay, this is what Jesus asked him. What do you want me to do for you? I'm so glad he didn't go, well, I want a puppy. And I want a new iPod. And he knew he wasn't talking to Santa. He was talking to the healer. And, you know, you say, well, that's a dumb question. No, no, it's an important question. Because if what he's looking for is answers, what he's going to ask is, I want to know why. I want to know why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. I want to know why lesser men have sight. And I'm sitting here in despair. I want to know why. I want answers. If you'd have been a justice guy, I want, I want to know why. I don't want just, you know, theology. I, I want to know why I'm, I am where I am, why, why I'm, I'm different than other people, why my life looks different than the people that I'm sitting around every day. I want to know why. I want justice. I want answers. I want hope. But he knew what he wanted from God. I want to see. And I'm here to tell you something. If you want answers, that's wonderful. God's patient, he'll answer. If, if you want justice, be careful because guilty people pointing fingers at guilty people usually doesn't end well. But if you want Jesus and what he brings, then may I suggest to you that he's passing by right now. And I'm not saying I'll stand up and start screaming. But I'm saying this, you don't have to scream to be heard by Jesus.
Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Here we are. Last moments of our service. One of the last ones of 2018. Finishing up three weeks. New mercies. So we, we wouldn't let the past dictate our future. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So we know that if we failed in the past, that maybe what we needed was more of God, not, not a better coach or a better counselor or a better banker. You know what I mean? Thank God for all those guys, by the way. All those people, those women. I, I just... Maybe what we needed was beyond humanity and what we need is something divine. So we talked about the Holy Spirit and now we sit here and I believe that hope and the form of the person of Jesus Christ is in our midst. We're two more gathered together. My name, Jesus said, I'll be right there in the middle of it. I'm not going to miss that party. The man who was healed of blindness that day knew what he wanted. The man sitting at the bar, he knows what he wants. The man who wants justice and vengeance and the death of his enemies, he knows what he wants. The man who wants power, money, because of his greed or his insecurity, they, they know what they want. Child of God, do you know what you want? That's what we're going to do. I, I, it literally, it's just coming to me right now, so I'm not sure if this is going to work or not, but I, I frankly feel the Holy Spirit, so I'm not going to care right now. When I say move, if you know what you want, not, not right now, but if you know what you're asking Jesus for, just, I want to give you a moment. I want there to be a deadline. I don't want you to walk out of here and race the Baptist to Mega, okay? When you know what you want, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Not, not at the same time, like everybody said. It's not that. It's, I know what I want. I know what 29, I know what I want. I know what I'm going to ask. I, I, answers, justice, that's great. Vengeance, great, whatever. What do you want? What does he want for you? When you know what that is, starting right now, feel free to stand to your feet right now. I know what I want. I know what I want. Think about it. Don't just stand up because it's time to stand up, but you know what you want. Maybe it's for your loved ones. Maybe it's for your business. Maybe it's between you and God. Maybe it's a defeat of cyclical failure. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's a restoration of your, your key relationships. Maybe it's healing. I know what I want. I know what I'm asking God for. I know it. Father, I'm, my eyes are closed. You guys keep your clothes too. I, Father, I pray for those that have stood and those that are still, you know, just in integrity. They're, they're just waiting for something. They don't really know yet. I pray, let their big idea be to get a big idea from you. Not a wish for a genie, a request for God who said, now go produce a bunch of fruit that makes me look exactly like I am to those who would look at your life Father, I pray in this room right now, if we need mercy, don't, don't let yesterday's sins keep us from tomorrow's promises. If that's what we see, God, then we just receive it right now. We're going to stand up right now. That's what I want right now. That's what I need. That's what I'm asking for. I'm asking for a fresh start, clean slate. If we need power, we're going to stand up and say, I, I want the Holy Spirit. I can't do without you. Don't even want to try to do without you because in the end, whatever I accomplish gets burned in the fires of judgment. But what I, what I do because you give me grace to do, that's, that's the gold. That's the silver. That's the precious stones. That's the stuff that survives the tests. So we stand as an act of faith saying this is what we want. Now, under your breath, you don't have to shout it out. I wouldn't keep you from it, but just between you and God. You don't have to be a Bartimaeus screamer if you don't want to be, and I'm not, you don't have to say a word, but I I want you to exhale wind across your lips and your tongue, and I want you to verbalize the one thing or the ten things. But right now, this, this is what I am asking God for. Do it right now. This is what I'm asking God for. 2019, I'm asking you, God. I'm asking you, God. I'm asking you, God. I am asking you, God. I'm asking you, God. 
If a hair from our head is numbered and if a sparrow falls to the ground and you see it, then every whisper of your children's hearts are thunderous in the ears of our Father. Father, I pray right now, and I agree. We've asked. I agree. We've stood. We've asked. And we agree. In Jesus' name, we agree. In Jesus' name. Father, for those that, are, that aren't standing yet, I, I pray a double. That just, you know, I thank you for people that say, I, I don't know what it is yet. God, show them so clearly <laughs> that it blows their minds. Show them so clearly that it blows their minds. Because we've got to stand on promises, not wishes. Father, we stand as if you have given us this already. And we praise you appropriately for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys ready? Next week, listen, if you said I need to get a, a fresh slate, clean slate, fresh start with God, guess what? Next week, there's going to be containers of warm-ish water. We're going to baptize people. If you've never been baptized in water, be baptized. But let's, let's mean it. Let's, let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's put our, our skin in the game. Let's go all in with Jesus. God bless you. If you need prayer, altar workers are coming forward. If you had a chance to meet, love to talk to you in the back. And look at that. The clock just rolled over. Don't look back. I'm your pastor. Trust me. Amen. God bless you guys.